Good morning to you. I actually only preach over here for that moment because in student ministry, when I say good morning, good evening, whatever, they go. So y'all didn't do as good as the first service. Good morning to you. Thank you. I love it every time. I want to tell you a story of a teenage boy this morning. Boy's name is Scott. He was a typical teenage boy, did what most teenage boys did played video games, hung out with his friends, and played sports. When he turned 16, he got super excited about his driver's license and the opportunity to go speed in his parents' car. He got his first job shortly after that, working for his dad, who was a mechanic that owned his own garage. He worked there and uh, assumed that one day he would fulfill his dad's dream of becoming the owner of the garage. And so as he continued through high school and got close to graduation, the principal started to ask all of the graduates, what are their plans after school? He said his plans were to graduate, to go to work for his dad full time, and one day own the local family business. The principal said, well, Scott, are you sure that's your plans or is that your dad's plans? Because Scott, you're a very bright young man. You excel in math and science and I've seen your hard work that you put into everything you do. And have you ever considered going to college and work on those gifts that God has given you and maybe do something different? And Scott said, well, of course, I've thought about college before, but my family doesn't have the money and I won't be able to go to college. So I'll just fulfill the plan to graduate, work for my dad, and one day own the family business. The principal left that conversation perplexed at what had just happened and finally decided, I've got to do something about this. I've got to help this young man. So he drove down to the local university, met with the president in order to see if he could help Scott out. He told the president about Scott. He told him about the potential he had and how smart he was, that his family wouldn't be able to send him to college and ask, was there any way that he could help Scott get to college? The president acknowledged that he had not sent an application or filled out any of the forms for scholarship, but he saw the passion that this principal had for the young man and ultimately decided to give him a scholarship. Principal was so excited, he jumped in his car and drove directly to Scott's house, knocked on his door. Scott and his dad came to the door and he busted into the good news of, you have the opportunity to go to college. I've talked to the president down at the university and he has offered you a free ride. You can go to college and study and be whatever you want to. So now Scott had a decision. He had to give an answer by the next morning. Are you going to keep the plans that you have had for so long to go to work for your dad and one day own the family business, or are you going to take the chance, the opportunity to change those plans and to do something different? The options were limitless, but he had to make a decision. I think opportunities come along many times in our life, just like this, where we have made plans with our life, plans to move forward, things that we are planning to do, and something happens, and there's a chance to change those plans. Maybe it's a conversation with a coworker. Maybe it's an email that we get from the boss. Maybe it's a telephone call, or it could literally be a knock on your door. 
and something is presented to you and you have to make a decision. Do I keep the plans that I've been planning towards or do I take advantage of this opportunity? Well, what are your plans? There are so many different plans in this room. Some of you are just getting started and you're planning on going to school and finishing your education and starting a career and you're excited about those plans. Some of you have a great job. You love your job. You love what you do. You love the company you work for, but it would be nice to get that promotion. So you're planning and working hard to get that next promotion, to keep working for that same company, a little more responsibility, and the paycheck won't hurt either. Some of you, on the other hand, you hate your job. You would do anything you can to get out of that job and you are making plans to get out of that job, leave that company and start a new job or a new career or something. And you are making those plans now. Others might be getting close to retirement age and you're making plans to retire and go fishing or whatever hobby you have, spend time with those grandkids and you're looking forward to those plans. Some of you go, man, all that's too big for me. I, I, I can't even think hardly past tomorrow and I'm just making plans to get up and have my coffee and go to work tomorrow. Or I got plans to take care of my kids because I got to get this one to baseball and this one to basketball and this one to dance. And we have to plan that every single day because it's just difficult and you're making plans for that. Or I know this time of year you're thinking about Christmas and you're thinking about your Christmas plans and are you gonna be able to travel? And many of you are just waiting for school to get out so that you can go to grandma's house where you'll spend a few days and wait for that best Christmas dinner ever that only grandma can make. And so when you consider your plans, I wanna challenge you today to hold your plans loosely, to consider your plans in light of James chapter four, verses 14 and 15, which says, why do you not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Fairly popular verse that many people know that challenges us that we need to plan our lives, making sure that we say, if it's the Lord's will, we will do this or that and not hold our plans so deep rooted in our thoughts. And so what if someone showed up at your house today and knocked on your door and they said, God has another plan for you. You're not getting the promotion. You're not getting the new job. You're not going to get to retire yet. Instead, you have an opportunity to serve God. Who knows what that opportunity could be? It could be big, life-changing, where you leave your job and you go and you start serving God full-time in ministry or on the mission field. It could be an opportunity local right here to where you could serve every week in your church or in a local ministry. It could be an opportunity that is just a one-time mission trip that you have to change your plans to accommodate. What happens if somebody shows up and said, God has a plan for you? Well, I know that as people, we don't like change. Some of you more than others, but none of us like change. But our Christmas story starts with an interruption, an interruption to the plan that Mary had. So let's look back 2000 years into Luke chapter one. As you turn to Luke chapter one, if you will stand as we read our passage for the day, starting in verse 28. 
The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. Thank you. You can be seated. So this is kind of some crazy stuff in human perspective. I mean, the angel comes to Mary and metaphorically knocks on her door and says, your plans are about to change. You're going to conceive not only are you going to conceive, you're going to conceive a son who will be called the Most High. He will be king and he will reign over the throne forever. And Mary went, what? She actually said, how? And then it gets even weirder. The Holy Spirit will descend upon you. Put the baby inside of you. It will be a Holy Spirit baby. And to prove that this is all going to happen, let me just tell you, your cousin, you know, the old one, she's pregnant six months along and she's going to have a baby too. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff as the angel comes in to change Mary's plan. Because I could imagine a typical response to this craziness would be, no, 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 no. This is all way too weird for me. There's no way that I'm going to let this happen. You see, I have plans. I have plans to get married. I'm going to marry Joseph. Man, he is a great, great husband. I can't wait to be married to him. And we're going to have a family and we're going to settle down. You know, he's going to be a carpenter. And so we're going to live a nice, comfortable, easy life. I'm looking forward to it. This is way too much for me. Besides, I can't be pregnant right now. We're not married yet. This can't happen. Joseph will know this is not his baby. He will leave me. And I'm not even sure that anybody will marry me if this happens. So no, 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 way too much for me. And if she had responded that way, I think we all would have understood. Like we understand that like there's consequences to this. This is life changing. It is taking the plans that she's had and going a completely different direction with it. If you were in your, her shoes, how would you react? All of your plans taken away. You now have a new mindset, a new life, and you have to process that. Well, I don't know how you'd process that, but there's one thing that Jimmy Kimmel does that I really enjoy, and he helps kids process change. It's Halloween. You go trick-or-treating with your family. You come home with tons of candy. I think we had 27 pounds of candy with my family this year. And you come home and your kids eat something, they go to bed. And Jimmy Kimmel has asked parents to then hide the candy. And the next morning when the kids wake up and come out looking for their candy, record them as you tell them, your mom and I, eat, we've eaten it all. And the kids go crazy. 
I mean temper tantrum central. They are yelling and screaming and calling their parents' names and falling out on the floor, crying all the things that we would be embarrassed to see our kids do. But for whatever reason, these parents record their kids and send it in to Jimmy Kimmel to share with the nation. If you haven't seen it, you should. It's hilarious. But this is kids dealing with something being taken away from them. It's all their candy. They worked so hard for it, putting on a costume and walking around the neighborhood, but it's theirs. And they are so excited about their candy and it's taken away. Now, the truth is we're just big kids. We wouldn't react that way over candy, but when our dreams are taken away, when our plans are taken away, sometimes we throw temper tantrums. They don't look the same, but it's the same idea. And so in our story, we see that how Mary responds. And I know a lot of you cheated and read that next verse, but I'm gonna read it for us. Luke 1, verse 38, this is how Mary responded to the new plan. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Wow, what an amazing answer. I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. This is her way of saying, I put you above everything else, God. I am your servant. Everything else doesn't matter. I'm not worried about my family. I'm not worried about my fiance, my friends, my safety, my future, any of that. Your plan is more important to me. I am the Lord's servant. This is the way of she's telling us that we, she trusts God. She trusts God more than anything for that plan. And she didn't start being the servant at that moment. She had always been his servant. That's how she was able to trust him because she didn't just start trusting him. She had always been trusting him. And so she was able to say, I am the Lord's servant. That is her way of saying that your plan is greater than my own. No matter what plans I had for my life, no matter what I was thinking about, yes, I am the Lord's servant. I will accept your plan because ultimately it is the plan that brings the Savior into the world and allows me to be a part of the greatest story of all time. Now, she didn't know all that, but she was happy to say, I am the Lord's servant. when we think about our Christmas story, Mary's were not the only plans that had to change. Joseph had to change some plans as well. And we find that in Matthew chapter one, starting in verse 18, and it reads like this. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. You see, Joseph had made a plan. When he found out that Mary was pregnant, he had made a plan, a plan to divorce her quietly. 
Now let's address the divorce quietly because they were just engaged. But back in that day when they were engaged, they were already legally married. They had not moved in together and they had not consummated the marriage, but legally they were already married. And so the divorce had to take place, which divorce just means separation. And so he had made a plan, a plan to divorce her quietly in order to honor God and honor Mary. This was actually a good plan. He was trying to do what was right. But the angel showed up with a different plan. The angel showed up with a plan for him to be the earthly father to the one who will save his people's sins. To be the earthly father to the one who will save his people from their sin. And so when he woke up, he had heard the dream and he followed the new plan. You never know how the plan is going to come. Like I said earlier, it could come through a phone call. It could come through a dream. It could come through the inspiration of God, or it could literally come to knock on the door. So what's your answer going to be? Because I believe that God has a plan for you. We have to decide how we'll respond. Will we respond like the two-year-old who just had their candy taken away? Or are we willing to respond like Mary and Joseph and accept the new plan that God has for us? Well, as I reflect on the Christmas story and how we can answer this question uh, of how we should respond, I think that one of the most important things for us to do is to look at some of the promises of God. Because as we consider the promises of God, we understand his character, we understand who he is, and that can help us say yes to whatever his plan is. So the first promise is that he has a plan for you. I want you to acknowledge that he has a plan for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord's, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. God has a plan for you. The plan is a good plan. The plan is to prosper you. Of course, this is eternal talk, but the plan here on earth is a good plan for you that he is asking you to follow. And you'll never know the whole plan. You see, Mary didn't understand the whole plan. When she said, I am the Lord's servant, she didn't know how Joseph was going to respond. She didn't know how she was going to be able to raise this baby king. She didn't know how all the provision was going to take place and what she was going to do. But she knew that it was God's plan. And God's plan was the one she wanted. So we need to acknowledge that he has a plan for us. And that that is the plan that we want. We won't have all the answers or know how it's going to work out. But when we know it's God's plan, we choose it every time. Second, the promise that God will protect you. If you are in the will of God, if you are following the plan of God, his protection is going to be with you. Listen to what the psalmist says in 121, 5 through 7. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. So this promise that comes through the psalmist of protection, that he will keep you from harm from the sun and the moon, of course, that's metaphors for the things of this world, but that God will protect us. And when we are in God's plan, we can count on the protection of God as he is with us. And so I believe that God protected Mary. First, God protected Mary from divorce. God protected Mary by sending her angel to Joseph to change his plans to, in order to protect Mary. Second, I think God protected the family by getting them away from Herod. 
Herod was looking to kill all the babies uh, born in that region, and God got them out of there, and that was God's protection on Jesus and the family. And so if you are in the will of God, I believe that the protection of God is with you, and so you can take confidence in that. Third, we want to acknowledge that God's love for us is greater than anybody else ever can or will love us. I know that sounds pretty simple, but sometimes I think we struggle with that concept. The Bible tells us all about God's love. Of course, it, of course it culminates in John 3, 16 that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. But just as I said that, it kind of goes in one ear and out the other because I'm not sure that we grasp how much God loves us and that because he loves us, the plans he has for us are good plans for us. And if we acknowledge his love for us is perfect, then we can acknowledge that his plans for us are perfect. I believe that Mary understood this and showed this through her actions. As she responded to the plans and accepted the new plans that God had for her, she was showing that she understood that he was a loving father that had love for her and a plan for her life. So do you believe this truth? Do you truly believe that God loves you? That he loves you enough to send his son to die on the cross for forgiveness so that you could spend eternity in heaven? Yes, but also that he loves you enough to have the plans for your day, your month, your year, your future. When you believe that he loves you, then your actions will show it when we respond in faith to follow him. So how do you use God's love? How do we respond? The interruption is coming. At some point in your life, the interruption is coming, a new plan is coming, a change of course is coming, and we're going to have to respond. Somebody's going to show up at your door and they're going to knock with a new opportunity, with a new plan. And maybe it's something big. Maybe it's something that's going to take a lot of preparation, a lot of study, a lot of planning, and a lot of endurance to get through that plan. But maybe it's just something small that you need to just say yes to God and act quick, quickly. Because you know, in our story, the shepherds were in the field watching their flock by night. And I'm sure that they planned on having a nice quiet evening until the angel appeared. The angel appeared to let them know that this Christ had been born and that they should go and see the baby. And so immediately their plans changed. They jumped up and they ran to see the Christ. So maybe it's just something that doesn't necessarily have eternal impact, but it has immediate impact in our actions, in our day, in our week, in our season of life. And so we say yes when the opportunity comes to share his love with others. And we say yes when we need to open our mouths to share the love with others. And we say yes to the family member who needs to hear about Christ this holiday season. And we say yes to serving whenever possible. So the opportunities are coming. What will we do with it? Today, I'm not asking you to know the plans that God has for you. Some of you might, but some of you are still waiting on it. I'm not asking you to know when the interruption is gonna come because you never will. What I'm asking is for you to be prepared for the moment. 
to be prepared for when the interruption comes and the course changes in your life, the plan changes and you make a decision today to trust God. You make a decision today to trust him and to trust the plan and to trust whatever he comes to you with. You make that decision today. You make the decision today to hold your plans loosely. Don't get caught up in your own plans and your own dreams and live your life saying, if it's the Lord's will, and you're looking for his plans each and every day. And to make the decision that whatever it is, whatever the interruption is, whatever the new plans are, to say yes. Say yes to God every single time. And I believe that if you make that decision today, if you make the decision to trust God, to hold your plans loosely and to say yes to him every single time, no matter what he asks or when it comes, you'll be able to say, I am the Lord's servant. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for sending your son as a baby to this earth to die on the cross for our sins. We thank you that we find forgiveness in that and we love you and thank you. God, we thank you that you have enough love to do that, but you also have enough love to meet our needs each and every day. To give us a plan that is good, a plan and a future. God, I pray that each and every one of us would hold our plans loosely, but instead look for your plans and say yes every single time. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.